Uh, we're on its journey. We've been on this journey now for a few weeks, and uh, we're dealing with our core values, things that like, are really important. And so uh, you've been out on a boat, out offshore, anybody? Offshore, like that you can't see shore? <laughs> like so far out there, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Kevin's been out there, okay. So if you've ever been offshore, it gets a little crazy out there. If you're not in a big boat, it could get crazy fast, right? But let's just say uh, you're out in a boat uh, and you're sailing, you're like trying to hook into some big blues and some uh, wahoos and whatever else is out there, okay. And all of a sudden the storm comes up and the winds and the waves kick in and the, the boat starts doing this and pretty soon the boat goes over. Ah! Never done that quite like that in, in the ocean. I did do that in Jordan Lake, and all of my gear is now at the bottom of Jordan Lake, and we almost died. But that's a different story. Uh, so your boat is sinking. What do you grab? Like, what do you grab? Like, really, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You're miles offshore. What are you going to grab? You're going to grab your, uh, like your cell phone. You want that? And I might, what are you going to grab? All right, better grab a life jacket. That's, that's a, hopefully, for me at Jordan Lake, they popped up uh, out from the boat because we weren't wearing them. And they just popped up, and we luckily snagged onto those. Uh, everything else started to sink really fast. And my son was like, Dad, we got to grab this. we got to grab that. And I'm like, no, we don't. We need to grab a life jacket. <laughs> We're about to die. Uh, and so if you're out there, there's some things you would grab, right? And some things you just don't, you, all of a sudden, they don't matter, Right? Your lunch doesn't matter. You know, all that matters at that moment is that you grab something or a few things quickly that will help you survive. That's what core values are, right? That's what we're talking about as we like move into 2019, as we're moving along and January's gone, we're already into February, so we're, we're in it, right? There's no turning back now. There are some critical things that we need to bring, and, and a couple of those things that we've talked about putting in our bag that we're going to take with us into the new year is a heart cry of prayer that we're going to remember and never forget that prayer is our link to God, right? That's so important that we, we continue in prayer. Right? The second thing that we're going to bring that we talked about is the living word of God, right? That we're going to bring Jesus with us, the living word and the spoken word, the revealed word. And we're not going to go any further without bringing that with us as we move into the new year. The third thing we talked about is that we have this gift of belonging. We talked about this last week that, that belonging is that we belong to Christ, we're his children. Like that is amazing. We're never going to forget that. We're going to stay right there, right, belonging to our Creator and then helping other people come to belong as well. That's huge, big, that's big, that we feel and we understand that we belong to the body of Christ. And we're not going to go any further into the year with, and not remember to bring that with us, that sense of belonging, that we are one. Well, today, we're going to take with us into nine, uh, 2019 this core value, and the core value is this value of teaching, teaching. Okay, the Word of God, being taught and learning, but mainly being built up in Christ. So when we talk about being built up in Christ, we're talking about teaching because that's what teaching does. It builds us up in Christ. Built up. What, what does that mean to be built up? Right? What does it mean uh, to build up? And I think it means a lot of different things. A lot of things may come to your mind when you, when you think of the idea of being built up or things that are built up. Here's a couple of them. To be built up means to be added to, right? Added to. 
So you add things together and you begin to build it up. Maybe a snowman, right? A snowman or something along those lines. Maybe like a bodybuilder builds himself up or herself up, like through a healthy diet, good exercise. They're going to hit the weight room. And what they're going to do is they're going to push their muscles to expand and to grow and to add to each other, to build up. In construction, we see the idea of things being built up, right? It becomes very obvious. On one day, there's nothing but an open field. You come back a couple months later, and all of a sudden, there's this like set of like apartments, you know, that condos that just came out of nowhere, right? Well, those things were built up, and it starts on the ground level, and and you build your way up to the roof, right? It starts with this flat piece of ground, just dirt. Somebody has a picture, a a drawing, they they do a blueprint on what this thing's going to look like, and they begin to dig up the dirt and plant the footings, and and then they pour the concrete, and there's a foundation, and then there's a slab that's poured, or the floor that's built, and then the walls go up, and the roof goes on, and the details, and, and so it's from the ground up, this thing gets built up, right? So in our minds, we're thinking, okay, that's what it means to, for something to be built up, built up. On uh, Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, in our, um, in our community uh, study together, and we're having a great time, uh, Dan taught on two builders, two builders. Here they are, the two builders. Uh, they, well, one was wise, a wise builder, and one was a foolish builder. And so um, both of them built a cool-looking home. I mean, in the beginning, the house looked pretty cool. And then the winds came and the waves came, and the house that had a foundation under it that was built on the rock, stood, and the house that had just sand under it, no foundation, crumbled, right? And, and that, that was the story of our Wednesday night of these two builders, one wise, one foolish. And so as we build up, we have to be built on something solid or it won't stand the test of time. So there are other things that build up as well, like the human body, right? We're made up of uh, cells, right? The building blocks of life, they call it, right? That's what we're built of. And some are dying off, and some are being restored, and some are being renewed, and some are being added to. And so our, 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 even our bodies are growing and being built up as we live. Our bank accounts, maybe our savings account, the goal is to build it up, right? Doesn't always go that way, but, but that's what happens. Happens. And, and, and a good movie, if you go to a good movie, a good movie, or you watch a good movie on TV, it always builds itself up to the end. And there's nothing like a great movie that, that just captivates you. You know, you're like you're watching this movie and you're, you're just drawn into it because the plot is really good. Sherlock Holmes was one of those movies for me, the, the recent Sherlock Holmes movies, because it just, it was so cool how, how they, how they, created the movie. And it leads to the very end. And what's even better is when what you thought was going to happen doesn't happen. And it's just like, whoa, like that's a good movie, right? That's a really good movie. It, it builds through the, throughout the movie. And in the end, it's like, bam, it's cool. It's awesome. It just hits you weird. You know what else builds up and, and, uh, and, and grows is grime and mold and dirt. Right? You know, stuff builds up you know, all over the shower and, and in our homes and on the walls. And, you know, so there's a lot of different things that build up. Some of, some of the, the builds up, the build-ups are good. 
and some of them not so good. And uh, some things are built to last for many years, right? Some things are built to, to last uh, through uh, your lifetime, maybe your home or a car or uh, the trees and the mountains. They last a long time. And some things are, are built just to last a short time, like, like that Whopper I ate at Burger King the other day that just wasn't good. You know, it made me sick and I was... No, it's nasty. And, and like stitches, you know, they're not supposed to last forever. And snow, it's not supposed to stay here forever, right? Unless you live in Buffalo and then it's there year round. Um, so a, a few things, though, even though there's lots of things that build up, some last forever, some don't, there's a few things that are built to last for eternity. Think about that. Compared to everything else that builds and grows and everything else around us in the world, that we build on or we build in our lives. Most of those things are temporary. They are not built to last forever. 90% of all we do is not built to last forever. It's just for here and now. It's temporary. But there's a few things that are built to last all of eternity, and a wise person chases after these things. That's what we want to be as Christian people, as followers of Jesus. We want to go after and chase after and hold on to these things that will last forever, that build us up for eternity, not just build us up for a temporary life. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, as a child, the scripture says, Jesus grew in stature and wisdom and favor with God and man. Did you see that verse? Do you see that? What was happening in Jesus' life, even from a child, is that he was being built up. He was growing. He was growing in these things. He was growing in his stature, in his wisdom. He was growing in his favor with God and with man. And as his life progressed, he was being built up. And it's important that as believers, we, in the teachings of Jesus, we are being built up as well. There's a lot of teachings out there. We talked about some of those this morning in our class. There's a lot of things that we can build our life on, but none of them will last forever. None of them. There's only one worldview that puts its foundation on Jesus Christ that will last into eternity. All other ground is sinking sand. If you build your life on anything but Christ and his teachings... You are building your life on sand, and it will not stand the test of time. It will not. The Apostle Paul, in those two passages that our, our boys were so kind to share with us, points out some things about building, about being built up. That's what I want to share with you this morning. So in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, here's what Paul says in that little section, those two verses. He says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, we're in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, continue, he says, to live your life in him. All right? Did you get that? Let's just look at that verse right there, verse 6 for a second. So then, he says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in him. So we already started the assumption that you have received Christ Jesus as Lord. That's a big part of this. 
If you don't have Christ Jesus as Lord, you cannot live your life in Him. But if you have Christ Jesus as Lord, you can continue to live your life in Him. Verse 7, he says, Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And so the first point of, of this of Paul trying to help us understand what it means to be built up is this, is that growing or being built up begins with being rooted in Christ. That's where it begins. You don't go up until you go down. That's, that's a big point. That's huge. Because all of us, most people on this planet, we don't, we don't, we don't want to start from where we are and go down. We want to start from where we are and climb the ladder. Right? We all want to go up. We, and I'm not talking about heaven. I'm just talking about we all want to be more successful, more rich, more popular, more everything. And what we don't realize is that in order for us to be built up, we have to first go down to the roots. And this is important for us because like any natural process of building or construction, it always begins from the ground and it goes up, whether it's a construction project, a building, or, or even fruits and vegetables. They don't just appear. They, they start in the ground, and the seed dies, and then it begins to grow. And you have a tree, and then you have the branches, and then you have health, and then you have fruit. And it has to start in the ground. And your spiritual journey, and my spiritual journey, begins in the ground. Right? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says it like this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. Do you get that? I have been crucified with Christ. In order for me to live and grow and be built up, I have to first die to myself. I have to die to myself. I have to be buried in the ground first. Spiritually speaking, I must go through some kind of spiritual death to me and be raised again to him. And so in Colossians chapter 2, later on in verse 12, Paul says it like this, having been buried with him, with Jesus, I have been buried with Jesus in baptism, which you also were raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And that's why baptism is so important to us as Christians, right? That's why it's important to us that we understand that baptism is like me dying to myself. I go into that watery grave of baptism and I die to myself and I'm raised anew again in Jesus. And without that death, I can't live in Christ. It begins with a death. The journey, the growing up, the building, it begins by first being rooted in Christ. And in order for me, for you, for any of us to be rooted in Christ, we must die to ourselves first. Last week we talked about the nurturing sap, right? The nurturing sap that comes from the root, right? And that as Gentiles, you and I, we've been, we've been grafted on. We don't look right. Because we're not part of the, the natural tree. I mean, we are part of the natural tree, but we don't look like the natural tree. We are like a band of misfits. And I'm okay with that because God's okay with that. We're all different. We all do things different. But God has, has made a way for you and I to be grafted on to him and to his tree, to the kingdom of God. And we may not look perfect, 
But if the, the, if the nurturing sap of God that comes from the ground and through the root and into the branches is running in you, then you are in life with Christ. You are alive in him. In, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, look what this verse says. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental forces or spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So the first thing we come to understand in being built up is that we got to be rooted in Christ. we got to be rooted in Jesus. The second thing is this, that being built up means it requires that we stay alert, okay? that we stay alert. And that's what Paul is trying to tell us. He's saying, first, you, you understand that you got to be, you die to yourself, you be rooted with Christ. Second thing that we understand is that we need to stay alert. Why? Because there's all kinds of stuff out there trying to pull you away. There's all kinds of teachings out there trying to deceive you. There's all kinds of lying going on trying to, to lead you away from the truth of who God is. So built up requires that you stay alert. I hope you saw that. I hope you, you realize that, that Paul is saying to us in that verse there, don't be led astray. Don't be led astray. You be responsible for what it is you're learning. Right? We have to decide what we're going to allow to affect us, what we're going to allow to build us up, what we're going to allow to develop our worldview. We decide what's going to do that. And to not decide is to just turn the reins over to the enemy. Right, so, so right off the bat, we understand we have a responsibility to say, I am going to take control of, of who I am as a person created on this planet, and I'm going to give that control to God. I'm going to give it back to God. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to be rooted in him, and I'm going to learn from Jesus. I'm going to stay my life on the rock, and I'm going to be alert of all the things that are trying to, to lead me astray or to take me captive. That's what Paul is saying here. By false teaching, by the lies of the devil, by the pleasures of this world. There are thieves in this world that are trying to choke out your growth. Right? As you have given your life to Christ and you've been rooted in Him and you've died with Him, there are things that are instantly going to attack you and try to choke that out and not allow you to continue to be built up in Christ. Okay, We know that, right? We know. Things are going to, to try to rob us. Thieves, scammers, hackers, spiritual, that are going to try to break into your heart and your soul and rob you of the seed, the good seed of God's teaching and choke out your growth. That's what those thieves are trying to do. They're trying to rob you of growing in Christ. Well, in our Ephesian passage, chapter 4, verse 11, um, Paul says it like this. He says, so Christ himself, he says, Christ himself, Jesus, set up a, a, a system. He set up a, a pattern, a flow on the earth when he was here. So Jesus, Christ himself, gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, he gave the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be what? Built up. Built up. Okay, that's what we're talking about, being built up through the teachings of Jesus. We are being built up. And so what we understand, number three, is this, is that being built up is only accomplished in God's leadership flow. Okay? In God's leadership flow, we are built up. That's just the way Jesus established it. It's the way he originated it. It's the way he set it up. And we don't fight what he has doing. We work with him. When we surrender to him, we said, God, we are putting ourselves under you and your way and your plan. You can't grow up, be built up on your own. 
You can't. And many try to go off the grid, right? They think, I can just do this on my own. I'm just going to go hang out in a deer stand, shoot deer, and worship God. Well, that's nice. You can do that, but you better not do it alone. You better not think that you can just be out there on your own little island growing up or being built up in Christ. It doesn't work that way. You're just being deceived by the enemy who is going to choke you out. Right? You're going to be tapping out pretty quick. Right? Because the, the chokehold on you is going to be so strong that you're going to wake up one day and realize you're so far away from him. Right? And how many of us know people who think like that? They think, I don't need God. I don't need to go to church. I'll just go and do it on my own. Right? People think that way in a, these days. I talk to people all the time like that. They just think they can just do it on their own. And, and you can't because Jesus set it up this way. God has established like certain patterns in a system. And these systems and patterns are what's best for you and me. We need these. We need these in our life. And when we don't know any better, or when logically it doesn't make sense to us, because sometimes in the church, we cause people to leave because of what we do to them as, as weak humans. Our thinking sends people out of here. Our thinking keeps people away because we become, as Christians, judgmental, or, or we become like, like we, self-righteous. And we chase people away. We think certain things have to be a certain way when they don't, right? And we chase people out of here. We chase people. We keep them from being in the kingdom. So people who go off the grid and try to do it on their own, sometimes it's because of the friendly fire that they have endured in the church, right? And it's not right. It shouldn't be that way. Not here. Not in this church. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be all of us under the leadership of God and under his leadership that he has established, growing and learning. Leaders are to help us learn and apply the living word of God. That's what they're there for, that help us grow up in our faith. And Jesus set in motion apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to help us grow. They're examples to us. They're the kind of people that should be living the life so they could say, follow me as I follow Jesus. And there should be people who share the vision and be out front leading the way not pushing not shoving but leading the way like out there doing what they're we're calling other people to do as we follow Jesus so they can follow Jesus and so the purpose of leadership in all of this Paul says is to equip the body to do something and what is it to equip the body to do look what he says works of service and so we got to ask ourselves, is our church, is this church, is our leadership challenging us, equipping us, urging us to do works of service in the community, in the world, out there where, where we can reach people and grow the kingdom, where we can be developed in, in the arena of service? where God can work on us and mature us and grow us up, where we can grow in our faith as God uses us to reach other people to come to faith so that they can belong to him. we got to ask ourselves, do we belong to a church that is urging us to do that? And then we got to ask ourselves, are we doing that? Right? Because you can have the greatest church in the world with the best worship in the world, but if the elders or the leaders aren't equipping the people for works of service, it all falls apart. You could have the best church in the world and the greatest leaders that are equipping people to go out and do works of service, but if you don't go out and do works of service, it all falls apart. Nothing grows. Nothing will be built. 
It takes all of it working together. A great church with leaders who are sharing a vision of going out and sharing the gospel with people and doing works of service. And then we go do those works of service, right? We figure out where does God want me in the community? Where does he want me serving in the church? And we go do those things. And when it all comes together, the church is built up. And what a great thing, right? How easy is that? What a simple plan, right? Just have leaders that are challenging people to grow and equipping them to grow. Share it with people, give opportunity for people to grow and to go out and do things for the kingdom of God, and then people who will actually do it. Do those three things, and Jesus says, that's how the church grows. How simple is that, right? That's pretty easy, right? Just do. Just, just get up and let's go do. Let's do works of service. And so the leadership takes these critical truths, right? We take the word of God, we take prayer, we take the teachings of Jesus, and we help, they help us apply uh, toward an ultimate goal. There's an ultimate goal in all of this as we are being equipped to serve, as we go serve, as the leaders share vision, as we worship God. There's a goal that God has for all of us. Leaders are strategically, they should be strategically moving us in a certain direction, and that direction is God's direction, right? Toward the goal of God. Toward the goal of God. Whatever God's goal is for us. And his goal for all the churches isn't the exact same. I mean, in some ways it is. We're united in who Jesus is, and we're going to preach Christ, and we're going to lift up the name of, of Christ, and we're, going to, and we're going to honor him and teach him. But there are specific things this body needs to be doing in this community that is different than a church in, in New York City, right? And it's up to us to figure out what, what has God created in us and what's he doing in us to, to reach this community. And are we doing that? Are we reaching the, the, our neighbors? Are we? We need to ask, are we doing, are we being built up? And if not, something along the way isn't right. Something's not happening, right? And leaders help us get that. And I listened recently to a webinar. Anybody know what a webinar is? Sure, some of you probably have listened to webinars, okay? So a webinar is the coolest thing ever. It's sliced bread, right? So you get online and you listen to a, um, basically some, some uh, ideas or teaching about a certain topic. And so I listened to one about uh, this pastor. He was talking about how his, his church grew from 20 people to 500 people in less than two years. And I'm thinking... Oh, this is crazy. What are we doing? Giving away money? I mean, right? That's, that's, you know, there's lots of gimmicks out there that will draw people in. And, you know, there's a lot of things that churches may do to grow. I'm not into any of that. But I am in, interested in, in how, how in the world do you go from 20 to 400? If you're preaching the gospel, what, what are you doing that, that is, is reaching people? Because that's pretty important, is it not? Right? If the church is going to be built up, that means souls coming to know Christ and being added on. And that's an important thing. And, here's, and he said lots of good things, but the two things he, that he shared that I kind of stood, stood out with me and I want to share them with you right now is this. He said there's two barriers to churches like ours that in growing. Two simple barriers. You're going to want to write these down, and I, and I really would like for you to ponder them. Think about these two things. And then when I put a post up on Facebook that says I'm at Starbucks, you come and tell me what you're thinking. Okay, I'm going to give you some, some, uh, something to think about, chew on, so we have something to talk about when you come. The first thing is this. In reaching new people, he said, the first barrier is, is simply ignorance. Ignorance. And he didn't say that about us as a church. He said that about the community, that they don't even know we're here. That's what ignorance is, right? Just not knowing something. Well, 
we got to ask ourselves, is our barrier the fact that people don't even know we exist? We're nicely tucked into this neighborhood. We all know how to get here because we're here. But how many people out there will never come here, never be a part of God's body here, because they just don't know we're even here? Ignorance. Barrier to growth. Second thing he said is this. Apathy. They don't care. They don't care that we're here. They don't care that we exist. Ignorance and apathy. And we can all go, well, too bad. But we know that is not the right attitude, right? And the fact that people don't care, we have to then ask ourselves, why don't people care? Don't they know what's at stake? Don't they know that heaven and hell ultimately are at stake here? That their souls are at stake, that where they're going, they're going to stand before God one day and, and they're going to have to give an account for their life and they just don't even know that. And so they don't care that we exist. They don't care that we're here because they don't understand their great need for Jesus. Two barriers. Ignorance, they don't even know we're here. And apathy, they don't even care that we're here because they don't understand that they're lost. Now, I don't know about you, but that should force us. That should, that should get some juices going. We should want to figure that out. Some of you in here like to figure out problems. Some of you like to like, deal. You just like bring on an issue, I'll tackle it. You know, right? That's the way you think. Well, that, this is one of those. These are the barriers. And what we do about that to bring people in, to help them learn, to help them realize that they need to care, that's, that's, our, that's, our, that's, our, that's our job. Right? That's our, our mission, is to, to, to help people know we're here, to bring them in, and then to help them know that they need Jesus and why. And we can do that. We need to do that. We need to figure out how to do that. And we need to, as a church, erase every barrier, every other barrier that might get in the way of that. Anything that is in the way of them coming to know Jesus, we need to remove. Like, get it out of here. Get it out of the way. So that all they need to know is that they, their soul needs to have a relationship with Jesus, and then they need to be connected to the body of Christ. Everything after that doesn't matter as much. There's so many different ways you can go about what happens next. But their need for Jesus is the most important. And the fourth thing is this. The fourth truth is this. Being built up leads us to kingdom maturity. Okay, When we're being built up in Christ truly, kingdom maturity results. Spiritual maturity will happen in the truth of God's word, in the flow of God's will, and in the flow of God's way, under God's leadership, through the fire of service and doing good works and sacrifice maturity. Kingdom maturity happens. I guarantee you, you, some of you, we're going, I'm going to Haiti this spring. I, I guarantee you, you, you take the time and come with me to Haiti, and you will spiritually mature way faster, way quicker, way deeper than you will ever if you just stay here and just go through your week. And so a, a few of you need to take on that challenge. A few of you need to say, you know, I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in my maturity. I want to do works of service. I want to see God do things in my life that I've never done before. I'm going to go to Haiti. Some of you need to come with me. I hope you will. I hope you will. I hope you'll just say, God, I'm just going to throw myself into your hands, and, and here we go. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to watch God do amazing things with your life. 
Here's what the scripture teaches us in, in the Ephesian passage, verse 13, Paul says this, until we all, right, this is where we're going, this is the ultimate goal, that as we move forward, as we grow, as we do works of service, right, here's what's going to happen, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. That's where God's trying to lead us, to maturity. Spiritual maturity, and what do mature people do? They, they understand the difference between the things that are eternal and the things that are temporary. They understand the difference. And they know what to hang on to. And they know what to discard. And we don't discard things very much, do we? I just bought a shed to hold all the stuff that we have not discarded over the years. And we've been living with, since we've been here without some of this stuff. So I don't even know why we think we need it. But we don't, right? We don't. And don't, you know, I know you're all looking at me like, oh, you shouldn't do that, preacher. Well, you have a garage, too. You have an attic, all of you. How many of you have a storage shed? Go ahead. Be with me. Yes. See, we're all a bunch of losers. (laughs) All right. Stuff. Stuff, right? So maturity means we understand that that stuff doesn't matter. I just wish the storage shed would burn. You know, somebody come and light a match under the shed, and I won't have to deal with yeah, oh, she shed, he shed, whatever she shed. Uh, you know, I don't want to move it. I don't have to dig through it. <laughs> but this is the goal, spiritual maturity, right? Attaining, look what he says in verse 13 there, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's what God's trying to do in us as we build ourselves up to the point that the roof comes on and we are becoming mature, kingdom-minded people and we understand that we're headed for heaven and everything else on this earth is just temporary. And we really get that. And we really not only get that first for us, but then we get that for the people who, one, don't know we're here and, two, don't care. And we try to help them now get that. What an awesome mission in life. What a great challenge that God has laid on us that that we would go and walk with another person who doesn't care, who's outside of Christ, and we help them to realize that they need to care, that their eternity is at stake. What what a great challenge for us, right? That's what we should be about. Verse 14, then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. See, that's that warning again, that alertness again, that the enemy is trying to pull you away, toss you back and forth like the waves, trying to blow you all over the place, follow whatever trend may come your way, whatever fad may pop up. You just kind of jump onto that. It's a Kardashian mentality and it's going nowhere it's a life without God and one that will end in a, in a rough way in the end it's this American anything goes mentality and Paul says you be alert of these things don't let this happen to you there's lots of cool people with cool vibe things going on and they say things that sound so smart but they don't know God And they're not moving you toward God. Don't have anything to do with them. They don't lead to kingdom maturity. They lead to your growth being stunted and choked out. Did you notice a few things that he says here that lead up to maturity just in these two verses? He says, until we, uh, unity in the faith is what leads to kingdom maturity, that we are united in our faith in who Jesus is and what he wants us to do. He says, in the knowledge of the Son of God, so we understand that knowing who Jesus is and what he has done for us matters. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Knowledge itself puffs up. So knowledge isn't everything. Just knowing about Jesus isn't the answer. 
You can know everything about the Bible forward, backwards, and sideways and still end up in hell. Knowing the Bible doesn't do it. Okay, do we understand that? It's not just about learning information. It's about learning who gave us the information. Right, it's not, it's not about what God can give us. It's about the God who gives you know, the creator himself, that's what this is about, is knowing him. And we can do that on a dirt hill, right? We can do that on a snowbank. We can do that in an igloo. We don't have to be in here to do that. We can do that anywhere. But what the most important thing is knowing Jesus, the Son of God. He says, in reaching for fullness in Christ. And then he says, the thing that leads to kingdom maturity is that we're no longer tossed back and forth, that we are solid, Right? So built up, built up, it means that we're rooted in Jesus. It means that we're staying alert. It means that, that we are in the flow of God's leadership. And it means that there's kingdom maturity. And the last thing that Paul points out in these verses is, this, is that it, being built up, being built up, being built up is impossible apart from Christ. Okay, you can learn a lot of stuff. You can do a lot of things. You can, you can go through all the motions. We can have all the right stuff in place. We can have everything just grooving and being cool. All wearing Christian t-shirts and Christian necklaces and bumper stickers that say, I love Jesus, yes I do. We can have all the things in place. We can be very religious. We can be real fans of Jesus. And I see somebody fanning themselves right there. Probably because you're hot. If, uh, I'm hot. But I get hot. I get worked up. We can be like, Jesus is our rock star, you know, and we could be a real fan of who he is. We could, we could have all this stuff and not know him. You know that, right? I mean, we could worship everything about Jesus and everything about his kingdom and everything about Christianity and not even worship him. We could do that. And, and Paul is saying, if you want to be built up, it's impossible to be built up if you're not in Christ, if you're not in him, if he is not the head of who you are, if he is not the one leading your life and leading the church, if we're not following Jesus, it doesn't matter. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 16 of this Ephesian passage, he says this, from him, from him, and who's him? from Jesus, from Christ, from him, the whole body, that's all of us, joined, and not just us, that's everybody in the world that is a follower of Jesus. We're, we're part of a much bigger body of Christ. This is just a part of it, a small sliver of it. But, but those who are in Christ all over creation, from him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. And look what he says. He says it grows and it builds itself up in love as what? As each part does its work. Hearing isn't enough, is it? Coming in here and hearing a good sermon or, or having a good Bible study, that's just, that's just half of it. In fact, without doing it, your faith is nothing. If we're not doing the word, then our faith means nothing at all. We're just a bunch of ears walking around. And he's not interested in just our ears. He's interested in like your whole body. Serving, going, your feet walking, your hands doing, your mouth speaking. For him, right? That as each part does its work. That's what the body of Christ is moving toward. This maturity and apart from Christ, that can never happen. Being built up is entirely dependent on your connection to the head. 
And he is the head. Jesus is the head. In the same way that the tree branches are dependent for life from the root, it's Christ that gives the life, right? He is the nurturing sap of God that has to run through us, that we are following and that we have surrendered to and died to ourselves, and we are now allowing him to do it in us. And so the question is, are you being built up in Christ today? Are you being built up in Christ today? Are you? Ask yourself. Just take a minute. Bow your heads if you would. Just bow your heads. Let's take a moment here. We're going to wrap this up. Are you in Christ today? Like, are you in him? Is he the head of your life? He is the God of all creation and your Lord and Savior. Are you immersed completely in Jesus? Have you been baptized into him? And if you haven't, don't put that off. You need to do that. You need to talk to somebody about how to go about making that happen. Don't put that off. Be washed in Jesus today. Have you responded to Jesus? Being built up can only happen in your relationship with Jesus and then your relationship with the body of Christ. Are you walking in obedience to him? And the biggest question for all of us, because we're all at different places in this life, we're all at different places in our walk with God, the biggest question for all of us is, what is it that Jesus is calling me to do next? Like I may have already gone through the process of believing and repenting and confessing and being immersed into Christ. What's he want me to do next? And am I willing to follow him there? Whatever that is, where is he calling me into the world to serve? Am I willing? Am I willing to go or have I already told God no? This is as far as I'm going, God. Or have we, we just dismissed it? We're, we're, we're the ones that are apathetic. We don't care. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would move in our life. No matter where we are, if we've been a Christian all our life, or we're here and we're just trying to figure out who you are. God, I pray that you would just help us to see you first, to, to know that you love us, that you care about us, that you came here, you sent your son and he died for us. And he rose again and he calls us, he invites us to, to follow him and to live according to your will and your ways. God, we want to be a part of you, the kingdom of God and your body, the church. Father, help us do whatever it is that we need to do to make that decision today, to do whatever it is you're calling us to do next because we love you and we know how much you've done for us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.